Today's show is sponsored by GoCD, a continuous delivery server built by ThoughtWorks. GoCD helps your team release software more frequently, consistently, and reliably. Download and use GoCD for free. Visit gocd.org slash recode. You know our next guest from holding aloft the (laughs) severed heads of Uber executives. But when she's not doing that, (laughs) when she's not warning people at the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, she's a journalist and co-founder of Recode. Please welcome Kara Swisher. <laughs> Hi. Oh, we're in a hug? All Thank right. You. Hi. All right, if you insist. You didn't bring any Uber heads. I didn't. I left them at home. Well, you put them on Wait, a pike see, as I a warning. Your, I wore your T-shirt. Hold on just a second. She wore a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this isn't quite right. Hold on. Just to narrate, she's removed a Pod Save America t-shirt. Oh, even better. Kara removed a Pod Save America t-shirt only to reveal I'm not taking off this one. Yeah. T-shirt only to reveal beneath it a Recode t-shirt. That's right. And presumably that's the last layer. (laughs) Branding, baby. And beneath that, it's just journalism. Journalism. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Speaking of journalism. Something Roy Moore might have liked 40 years ago. But (laughs) what? What? That's the right age. 14. I was a very comely 14-year-old. Kara. <laughs> He's not saying anything. John doesn't want to make sure he doesn't sexually harass me here on stage. I, that's why I sat in the middle. So, <laughs> not, this guy's turning, you, you this guy's turning red like by the second. I don't know what the hey, fuck's Kara, happening. What? This is our show. This is the <laughs> we make you uncomfortable. <laughs> So get ready for that. Okay. All right, let's go. All right. Yeah. So right now... I'd be worried if it was Ronan. Right now, I'm not at all, but go ahead. <laughs> right now... So, you know what, Kara? You right. put on this, this, this tough, yeah. hard candy lesbian shell. Yeah. But you break through that, it's soft chocolate in no, there, no. and I know it. No. <laughs> It's more hard candy. <laughs> Tommy, ask Kara Swisher a question before she says, takes over. Uh, says, I want you to know in if the you... long <clears throat> war <laughs> between the gay and the lesbian. Well, I don't know. Do you know this? That I started a new group in the Castro. It's called the Militia Etheridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's. All right, he doesn't know what to say. Anyway, go ahead, sorry. I want you to know, he workshopped, no, you're done. He workshopped workshopped that fucking soft candy thing for your intro, and we we went with the head on the spike. Yeah. Okay, so you cover the tech companies where all these people work. Yes. Uh, Right now, right now it feels like they're in the barrel a little bit. Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, they're getting the shit kicked out of them over fake news, over Russian interference. Let's not leave out Google. Yeah, over the Reddit. fact that, you know, if, if you're um, in certain groups on these platforms, you're getting harassed constantly. Yeah. Um, a few years ago in 2015, it felt like they were in the barrel over a different issue, which was end-to-end encryption. Some of the companies, yes. Apple, uh, WhatsApps, others. Uh, in that case, they told the government, essentially, go fuck yourself. We're going to do what we yeah. do. We're going to encrypt these communications because privacy is more important. Do you think that 
the same outcome is going to happen here where these companies essentially tell the government, you're not regulating us, nothing meaningful is going to change the United States? No, because it was different companies. That company was Apple, yeah. which actually was quite, Tim Cook was quite brave to stand up to it. It, was, it had to do with business issues too, because if they, they, they were making the argument that if they unlock the privacy, it would affect all their users. And so that was a business, it was a business case. But I think they really had a commitment to that idea. Um, and others were less strong as, than Apple. I think Apple was the principal company in the San Bernardino um, when that, that phone the was attack. the terrorist attack. Um, in this case, I think they're going to be very quiet, get yelled at by Congress, and send their most boring people, their lawyers, which they sent, and they're hoping it goes away. And I think it probably will. Probably. Only because they're not going to... Who's going to put this regulation through? Like, who, who, who's going to push it? Who's going to make it happen? Who's not going to... But are they taking a beating this time because of, I don't know, a different issue or the way public because opinion Because they shifted. deserve it? Yes, well, they utterly deserve it, completely. Right. But uh, do you think it's going to leave a mark? I mean, like, is the shine sort of coming off some of these companies? Will they be less untouchable? Um, I think it would become very clear to a lot of people who cover tech and, and people who are aware of what's happening is all these companies are, they act like, you know, they do the saving the world thing. They're here to save the world. They're here to make things better. And it turns out their platforms thing. are toxic. Yeah, their platforms are toxic. Their platforms have problems. They don't have control of their platforms. They've let their platforms be used by malevolent actors. And they didn't seem to have a clue about it or do anything about it. And so I think they're, what they've done is abrogated responsibility that they've had uh, for their creations. And it's going to continue because it's, there's things coming like automation and robotics and AI and everything else. And not to be a Luddite, but this is going to deeply affect jobs. So the question is, who's responsible for the elimination of trucking jobs? Who's responsible for the elimination of lawyers someday, which is going to happen at some point? I think we can all welcome that. No, but, no. Um, <laughs> Not the lawyers. But, no, really, lawyers, sure. My lawyer is in my phone now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yes, they deserve it. They're not going to probably... The place they're really seeing action is... I just did an interview with Marguerite Vestager, who's head of the EU Commission on Competition. She's been at this for years, has been entirely uh, firm about it. And I think Europe is where they're going to see some real problems. This show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, more than 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site in just one day. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. So one of the things I think has been interesting about Facebook's response to the ads, uh, the Russian troll ads, and the slowly revealing how many more people were affected by it. Yeah. And we've talked, about, we've talked on the show this sort of inherent contradiction between, oh, these ads didn't matter, and please buy ads on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also been this other, I think, quality to their responses. If you just only understood right. what we're trying to do, you'd see it's not a not a problem with what Facebook is. It's a Facebook, how we explain it, how we use it, how you use it. Do you see any 
sense that they're changing at all, that there's a sense that there's a fundamental responsibility they have, not just about how they explain what they do, but about what they do itself? They absolutely have a responsibility. They create things without thinking about the consequences of their creations, and then they reap all the cash. They're obscenely wealthy, these people. Like, let's be honest. They, they take money out of media, they, take money, they destroy other businesses, and then they don't want the responsibility. Now, they like to say they're not a media company. That's their favorite new thing, right? Thank you. I agree. Um, I agree with myself. Um, <laughs> they like to say they're not a media company. What they are is a new kind of media company, and they are distributors. 60% of news comes on Facebook. They've got to have some idea of what to control. They can't just rely on the algorithm to do this. So, thank you. Um, so, you've got all these tech companies, a lot of them in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, they have incredibly progressive workforces. A lot of them are very progressive well, on social maybe. issues. Well, I think like the rank and file, right? Like your social issues are pretty progressive. Well, welcome. Hello, fair? James Damore. I don't think he's an exception. I don't know who that is. He's not. He's not. There's a lot of, a lot of young men like James Damore out there. Let me, trust okay. me. But so, but like a lot of companies will see them By the way, out. he's an awful human being, but go ahead. Who the fuck is James Damore? Who oh, he's the about? one that wrote the Google uh, memo that said that women oh. essentially can't they is good at computing because they're... Who are you booing that women aren't good at computing? They're on the fence. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, women are nervous so they can't compute as well. Something like that. Yeah, that guy's an idiot. Okay. Um, but I do think like you see a lot of technology companies speaking out in terms of um, LGBT rights, yeah. gay marriage, like progressive yeah. social issues. Yes. But at the same time, it seems like they are supporting tacitly or overtly the big tax bill that just went of through. Of course. Because it's an enormous tax cut for them in the U.S. There's these repatriation holidays. Yeah. How does that work? How does that, how do they speak to this workforce by only supporting half of the Trump agenda? How does that work? They are greedy fucks. <laughs> That's how that works. No, it does. They want their money back. Now, what's astonishing is this repatriation didn't come with any guarantees about whether they should create jobs in this country, which would have been a nice addition to the tech, because, you know, we should, if that's what their goal was, or Donald Trump's goal was to have a factory work or manufacture or something else, it, came, it comes with no strings, this right. money, um, which it should in some ways, or, and these companies are more than willing to do that, I think, if they were, if they were forced to. Um, I think they like, they, um, it, well, if we're at the they should, they should, they should be thinking about the future right. workforce and what it means. Um, I think that they have progressive ideas, but when push comes to shove, they, they line up, and just like they did last January when I called them sheeple, and walk right into Trump Tower and have a meeting where they're really going to be firm with him about immigration. Well, look what the Supreme Court just did. Come on. Like, they weren't firm enough, clearly. Yeah. And these are some of the most powerful people on earth. Richest people, most powerful people. When push comes to shove, they will do exactly what businesses will do, which is in their self-interest rather than as for any other reason. And so a lot of times when they talk about how they want to change the world, they want to change the world so it's better for them and their interest rather than the interest they purport to support. Although there's more supportive than other industries, I guess. And I suppose we should say thank you. They're nice to gays, but I prefer not to at this point. You know? <laughs> you know? Today's show is sponsored by GoCD, an open source continuous delivery server built by ThoughtWorks. 
With GoCD, your team can release software more frequently, consistently, and reliably. Enjoy advanced traceability by visualizing your complex workflows from end to end. GoCD is open source and free to use. Professional support and enterprise add-ons are available from ThoughtWorks. For out-of-the-box continuous delivery, visit gocd.org slash recode. To that issue of how they're using this money and how they're using their power, Mm -hmm. uh, I think we've seen this rise of Silicon Valley as a political force. You've seen Mm -hmm. Zuckerberg uh, use his money on immigration. Um, And not very well. That didn't work out so well. Not very well. Um, but it stands in contrast, I think, to a more, like, to a more right-wing, sort of the right-wing efforts of billionaires like the Koch brothers and the Mercers. I mean, do you see any good coming out of this vast wealth being put towards political ends right now? Well, it's interesting, because I, I, I was at an event last night. It was a, called the Breakthrough Prizes, which was very, actually, encouraging. They were giving millions, all, like Sergey Brin and Mark Zuckerberg and a whole bunch of people were giving all this money to scientists, like millions and millions of dollars. It was like sort of the Oscars for geeks, essentially. And that was great. I love that. That was a fantastic way to spend their money on breakthroughs in all kinds of scientific areas. Um, but I think they haven't organized themselves in quite the most... Whatever you think about the Koch brothers, they're effective for, for their or the crazy Mercers. You can call them crazy, but they're real good at what they do. Um, and there hasn't been a response like that by the left or the tech groups. Now, R- Reed Hoffman, we've written about him, has been trying to do this, but everyone sort of backs away from the idea um, of doing something like that, which I think is, I, I don't see anyone yet emerging thinking like that, thinking like, I'm going to do the same thing, but on the left. Um, I always think about, I was offered jobs years ago at Google when it started. I was offered a job at Amazon when it was very young. I was offered a job at AOL back in the day. And I wish I had taken all those jobs, because if I had billions of dollars, I would so fuck up the right with my billions of dollars in the same way. <laughs> but I didn't take it because I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah. But nobody's like that. There's nobody, there's nobody like that. What do you make of the Tom Steyer ads? Uh, I don't know. He seems... Tom Steyer's here. But other than him, <laughs> not a lot of fans. Um, what do you... <laughs> I don't like the ads. I got to say, I'm not against them. That's fine if he wants to do them. I think they're... I don't know. I find them a little odd. I don't know. I don't know. Just me. Just me. Right. I just am like, whoa, what's going on there, dude? You know? And I don't mean, I think, I think it's great to do those ads, but I'm not sure why. I think you can do spend, if you're going to spend all that money, I, I'd rather not Tom Steyer lecturing me. I'd like to have a really effective, uh, you, you know, he's, I don't think he should be, put himself out as a spokesperson. I, I see why he wants to, but, you know, they're fine, I guess. It's a lot of money. One, one. <laughs> I think, they I think he's running for something, right? That's why he's doing it. Yeah, why else would he put himself in the exactly. moment over again? Right, yeah. American citizen. Yeah. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Hi. We're all adults here. It's, we're, anyway. Yeah, it's a little creepy. I don't know. I don't so know. one more question. Uh, you have uh, cultivated a mystique. Mystique. Yes. Sorry. Around being very tough on people, yeah. pushing people hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... Soft candy center. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but... When you, <laughs> what do you think <laughs> political <laughs> journalists... Go ahead. I just, my jokes are really funny for a going? while, but go ahead. <laughs> where do you think political journalism should be in what, Well, I was like, what do you th- where do you think political journalists are going wrong? That there is, I feel like there aren't enough people that have that same reputation. There are some on television, there are some people that go hard, but on the whole, yeah. I feel like it's missing that kind of bite. And like, why do you think that is? I don't know about that. I think some of them, I mean, I think... 
I, I watch a lot of cable news. They're pretty tough. Don Lemon looked like his head was going to blow off the other night. I just, you know what I mean? He is crazy, crazy. I mean, it's insane. Like, you know, I don't, but, I don't know I how much you further manage, you could go down non-fair way. You get of. access yes. and you ask them hard questions. Yes. And we've seen that there are people like Jake Tapper who go really hard and then all of a sudden people stop showing up. Yep. And then there, then there are, in, there are uh, uh, journalistic outlets that have a more... Um, soft glove approach right, uh, right. to the worst people on planet Earth. And then there's the gawkers of the world that are getting summarily executed by people like Peter Thiel, right. and they're not being replaced. Right. Well, it's interesting because a lot of what Gawker wrote had turned out to be entirely true on these sexual harassment stuff. They were way ahead on that mm. stuff, which yeah. I, we should give them absolute credit for. Um, I, you know, I don't know if that's true. I think it's television. You're talking about television, which is a very different animal than jur- journal, like written journal. You don't need access. Like when I was writing about Yahoo, when I was talking about the problems of, the, of a particular CEO or at Uber, I don't care if Travis Kalanick calls me back or not. I don't care if Marissa Mayer calls me back. I don't need them to do my reporting. I have other nefarious ways of crawling through the, um, the air ducts of these buildings to get there. <laughs> So oh, I don't what need a, them. That is a scary morning. You're sitting at your desk, <laughs> and all of a sudden the vent pops open. There's Kara Swisher. She repels down my top. <laughs> no, but you don't need them. Like, I think journalists think they need access. I, I like talking to these people, and I actually, again, I went to a part of this night. I was talking to all of them, and they're, I'm rather friendly to them. Like, there's no reason not to be, but I think you, what I think the, what's missing among reporting is that you actually need to, to be... Uh, to be close to them to get the news. I think Washington's a very, that's why I left Washington. I worked at the Washington Post, if you remember it. I thought the, the press and the media was, it was so incestuous and odd at those parties that I found it, I mean, and I go to them too, so it's here, so it's kind of interesting, but there was something real wrong with it there. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. sort of, it was creepy. It was a creepy feeling, and I remember thinking, I really don't want to be part of this cabal of, you know, of elites. I hate to say that, but I mean, that's the one thing that they've got right, that the people of this country feel like, that the, some, the fix is in, and I'm not part of it. And I think that's... The press probably. White House Christmas party was the same night that Flynn pled guilty. Did they all go? CNN boycotted, but everybody else just kind of I mean, it's the Christmas Trump party is kind parks. of a silly thing. I mean, I went to the Uber Christmas party and had an enjoyable whiskey. It was lovely. I miss... <laughs> Dara Dara, the new CEO, who's just... Who's, uh, I like him a great deal. He got up and he said, you're welcome for all the news. And he goes, and thank you for my job. And that was a really... I thought it was... <laughs> you're welcome, well, Dara. Now we're going to fuck with you if you mess up. So. I miss uh, how, uh, you know, the Christmas parties under the Democrats when it was simply called a winter solstice celebration. <laughs> um, but we're playing, we're saying Merry Christmas again. Uh, guys, uh, please, a round of applause. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us. Thank you. Swisher. Thank you. Give me a hug. Come on. Come here. <laughs> Look at this. Uh, okay. Bye, Not even going to make a joke. Thanks, Kara. Hey, this is Anna Sale from Death, Sex, and Money, the podcast from WNYC Studios. Our show is all about the things we think about a lot and need to talk about more. And one of those things is class. Oh boy, class. Right now, we're collecting stories about when you've felt your class the most. My friends wanted to go to these expensive restaurants, and it really did drive a wedge. Tell us your story. Email or send in a voice memo to class at deathsexmoney.org.